0: And then pay me um or just fuck you. Hey, I'm I am i want to it's really up to you. I'm not not saying sex work is a thing. I'm not not saying your body deserves money i i'm i'm not not saying not anything so whatever what's up guys it's the (laughs) rage what an awkward introduction it's my function welcome to fuck you pay me um the podcast where we talk about artistry and entrepreneurship and we just talk to cool people And they tell us what the fuck they've learned while they've been doing their thing. And hopefully it inspires somebody else to do their thing. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you guys can do math, add it up, count them, stack it, whatever. It's not the 15th. Right. I said in the beginning of this, boom, I'm going to get to you the first and the 15th. You know what? Well, sometimes sometimes the bills are late. Rent is late. The car payment is late. Okay, and that's just what this is. Okay, let me let you know something right now. It is Howard Homecoming weekend. Okay, Um, week really. Um, It started at the top of the week, I'm supposing, and today I'm pretty sure there's like a parade and a tailgate. You know, I'm not there. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to do my best this episode to give you some real H.U. Um, Howard Girl spirit, um, you know, because I'm so glad I went to Howard U. And honestly, <laughs> I know some other people are glad they went too. So um, talk about doing it for the culture. Talk about activists. Talk about uh, artistry and um, just business savviness okay talk about it and then you bring up Howard graduates or attendees honestly you don't even have to graduate you just have to go um (laughs) um all other HBCUs matter as well okay this is no shade. No shade at all. Um, it just happens to be our home weekend. <laughs> um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh on a somber note, I'm not even gonna hold you. Okay, so I'm gonna jump right into what I'm grateful for. So I'm grateful that I went to Howard University, but more importantly, this episode is also in dedication to um my first roommate when I moved to New York and a and a very dear friend of mine, um, and, uh, just, she was, she was a dope artist. Uh, honestly, uh, she was hyper intelligent. Uh, she was beautiful. I used to tell that bitch, you should be a model all the time. Like, she was like, uh-huh, I shouldn't do it. I was like, you were literally six girl and thicker than a snickel. Okay. They need you. Um, and, um, she's the reason why I wear booty shorts. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, girl, because I was ashamed of my thighs. So thank you. I appreciate you. Um, She's the reason why I know about Shadow Clock. Uh, You know, she, you know, was so many things for me. Um, She's also the reason why I'm really, uh, I'm really thinking about like some way that I can bring comedy to hospitals and like just places where people have to be for extended periods of time. Um, but long story short, um, a lot of you do not know her, but, um, for those of you who do, and maybe for those of you who have lost somebody recently, uh, just sending much love and light and dedicating this episode to Shemae Williams, um, Ms. Kelly Shemae. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, um, uh, I'm very grateful for you and grateful to have known you and, Whoa, um, alphabet city will never be the same, man. Um, so yeah, man, uh, that is a part of why I did not get this episode out on the 15th because she said, girl, not today. I'm going away. <laughs> uh, so I said, girl, you right. You can have it. You got it, girl. Um, God bless her. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm grateful for, uh, to jump into the quote of the day, which is kind of, it's a part of it. So this is from Rumi, um, not Beyonce's child, though. I'm sure the child probably has some deep shit to say cause it's Beyonce child, but it's from the poet Rumi. All right? Um, it says the wound is the place where the light enters you. Um, and right now in this space and time in my life, that's kind of how I'm feeling. You know, I've had enough experiences and hurts to a certain extent where I'm really just trying to embrace them and um uh own them and find the light in them and find the joy and find the lesson and find um just a, a different way to look at them, a different perspective. And so I am super grateful for the opportunity and the time and the ability to do that. And I invite and implore you all to do the same. Um, You know, look at your wounds, look at those scars, look at those places that you may not look at often. And then just like kind of maybe be like, damn, I didn't come hella far. It's healed quite a bit. Um, Yeah. Okay. Literally. And figuratively one time I was like attacked by this cat that I tried to make mine whatever let's not talk about it fuck you piccolo um and dude I'm telling you one of my fingers they thought I had cat cat brain one of my fingers was swollen as fuck couldn't move it all this shit man and even right now I have a shard of glass a shard of glass stuck in my finger right now but I know that like that one time when I was attacked by that cat my hand looked all crazy that the scars will heal and it won't even look like I almost had a cat brain. So, and now I have a great story to tell y'all. So mm, there's the light. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. So like I said, I'm going to keep it very homecoming, very H-U, very, you know, I'm so glad, you know what I'm saying? And um, today's guest is actually somebody who stayed with me, um, not stayed with me, <laughs> We were in the same dorm Freshman dorm growing up What? I mean Yeah so uh, she's amazing She's an artist I kind of like remember when she like Started her thing and now she's like Charging fools for that shit Cause she should and she was like Even a part of like the fucking Black Lives Matter movement yo So that's why I was like yo sis You going to homecoming? She was like yeah I'm going to homecoming I said oh, wait 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 Before you go can we do this little interview right quick And she was like shorty I got you So that's what we're about to jump into Um, Guys, thank you so much for listening And this is Fuck You Pay Me Podcast And we're about to listen to the My Story portion With Perry Roden Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, Welcome back to Fuck You Pay Me Um, This is The Rage, you know what it is And we're at the My Story portion I'm super excited to be um, kicking off this homecoming weekend with a girly from my same fucking floor okay um t2 all right if you know you know q-u-a-d all day um <laughs> um she is a west coast shorty and um i i just i feel like i've seen her grow so much and i and i'm really actually excited to know more about what this journey is so let me shut the fuck up and like get into it perry perry could you introduce yourself please
1: yes hi um so my name is Perry Roden I'm an abstract mixed media artist and muralist from Seattle Washington
0: wow wow <laughs> that's so official bro so official. no but um yes she is those she she's those things but um, I kind of want to start from the beginning with you Perry like so you're from Seattle let's talk about that I feel like, before I went to Howard, I had no idea there were Black people in Washington. So, how was it growing up in Washington, bro, in Seattle? That shit, I, I don't know, unfathomable for me, but...
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Growing up in Seattle, it definitely had its highs and lows. Um, but I guess by the time I turned, what was that, 16 or 17, I really just wanted to get away. Um, I'd say that like the highs of Seattle, I mean, back in the 90s and like early 2000s, which is a diff- was a different Seattle than what it is now. Um, How so? Gentrification and displacement significantly okay. impacted um, and continues to impact Seattle and the black community here. And so in the 90s, It was much more like, like I grew up in communities surrounded by black women, like the before care and after care school that I went to, um, was truly multicultural. Um, I was raised by like elders as well. And the various schools that I went to, I'd say that like middle elementary school was multicultural. Middle school was more Black and um, Pacific Islander. Interesting. Um, hmm A lot of East African kids.
0: Basically, we was at the point where you were saying that you went to school for the United Nations. And <laughs> <laughs> hella, hella diverse in that bitch. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. No, so, but and it had a thriving, um, fruitful Black community. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're kind of expressing how gentrification changed that. Um, mm-hmm. can, I, can I ask, do you feel like that's had an effect on the type of art you create?
1: Um, hmm. Well, to answer that, I'm gonna touch back very quickly on something. Of course, my middle school was multicultural. A lot of black students were there. And that's actually where I experienced the most bullying mm. um, because I did not fit into the mold of what most of the black kids at that middle school looked like, sounded like, mm. um, in terms of like the amount of money that my mom made working in, you know corporate at Verizon to some of the other students, I was singled out a lot. And so uh, I also got into a couple fights. And so that is why my mom moved me across town to another school. That was the only one that was open at that time that was still accepting students. Yeah. So um, uh, to answer the question that you just asked me, between going to between that experience in middle school and then going to howard university and all of everything that's happened since then i have learned to just very beautifully and unapologetically accept what my blackness is and mm. not only accepted but um to be really confident and in exactly in, as to who i am no matter who's in the room and so my art is inspired by um my identity as a black woman my art is very feminine it's very colorful it's very sensual um and it's very bright and bold so I think all of my experiences have informed my identity and my confidence and I think that is actually projected in my art and I think that joy because I focus on joy Mm. when I create um I mean I for sure like let whatever emotions I want to drive and, like, resonate with whatever project. But overall, um, I want my art to be joyful and to take people to a beautiful, like, imaginary place. So,
0: yeah. How did you come about that intention? Because as an artist, you know, like, people can speak from all types of spaces and especially... You know, coming from the HVCU sphere, there's there's sometimes, we're taught about all types of Black expression. We're not a fucking monolith. But mm-hmm. sometimes there is an emphasis on our, um, on our dissatisfied experience. You know what I'm saying? Our, like, misfortune and expressing that through art. what made you say, yo, I'm trying to, trying to put the sunshine on. Hmm.
1: I think it's a combination of things the biggest factor for me is that within with like me choosing um, abstract art within um, abstract art I will sometimes I have in the past used um, the female body and uh, portraiture but it's always very skewed and then I'd say in the last I don't know, 5 years, 5 6 years I've really been leaning into non-representational art. And so the a part of what why I choose to use emotion and joy as like the driving factors it's in part related to like non-representational art allows me to just express whatever it is that I want and the viewer is able to pick up and interpret whatever experience they want to have and I really like that and and let me just cut you off right quick because right. like
0: there might be some people who are listening to this and they're like not hip to art and <laughs> I want to go back to Howard at, at some point because yeah She got a degree in this shit. It's legit, y'all. Yeah. Um, But but what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean by, like, what is abstract? And, like, what is it non, you know, like... What what are you saying, girl?
1: (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Okay, right. So, realism... Um, and also I just want to say by no means am I a dictionary. So look this shit up yourself but Perry's love quick, it. Perry's, Perry's quick facts for those that are listening. Um, realism is art or like images that are depicted in in reality. So there's like photo realism people who um, paint and it looks exactly like a photo. Or um, there's like a portrait, uh, someone's doing a portrait of someone and their, their intention and like style is for it to look as realistic as possible. Then there's abstract art and there's a huge bucket that is within abstract art. Um, Abstract figurative is what I was describing earlier where like I'll have a portrait or like a like uh, the body, like let's say the female body, and maybe I um, hyperextend the neck. So it's like unrealistically long, but Mm -hmm. um, maybe like the facial features are like larger than they would normally appear in real life. But like I'm abstracting it and adding in my creative notes the way that I want. Um, Non-representational art is art that does not depict reality at all so it falls into it's more of like um lines and shapes and colors and textures and patterns but there's not really like a person there there's not a body there's not a a chair there's no object
0: okay i fucking love that thank you perry
1: of course we
0: appreciate that yeah so Uh
1: Related to what I was saying is that, like, yeah. for me enjoy Joy um, and also where I am at now in my career, I enjoy creating um, non-representational art because that allows me to have, like, the freedom that I want. And I also find it really interesting to see where all of the different colors, shapes and lines and patterns, like, where that takes folks. And part of that is also related to... Um, part of that is related to all of the heaviness that I and other black people I think experience in this life cuz we're talking about like my identity and my art although I know that we all go through troubles mm-hmm, but, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I enjoy creating art that is a little bit escapist or that like helps us find the joy to help balance out all of the like everyday just, like, issues and suppression and, and yeah. um, racism and just adulting that, like, we go through. Like, let me at least create in this world, in this headspace and create beautiful art that, like, feels good and helps other people feel good. So, that's you why I make what I make. Mean. Uh,
0: like, let me just say, though, so, uh, my experience of Perry at Howard um, was pretty great honestly um we're floor mates. we were on uh truth second floor t2 uh, <laughs> and there were 42 girls on our floor y'all <laughs> I remember the numbers yeah i, <laughs> I remember it. two bathrooms i remember that okay two bathrooms most girls three to a room And we were supposed to feel some type of way because we had AC that barely came on. (laughs) Yep, shit was on for like two months. We paid like an extra (laughs) twelve (laughs) bucks. Let's
1: let's not get into all the issues (laughs) that we overcame. Um, No, but that's (laughs)
0: that's the shit that helped us bond though, because you know, like when it was hot as hell. And we just was out there with our titties out, just like mm-hmm. <laughs> living in <the> world. <laughs> just just short shorts, living our life. No boys on the floor. Calm
1: down, please, somebody. I <laughs> know. Uh, I mean, we didn't have um, we didn't have visitation for like the whole year. Oh my god! Remember that?
0: That was hilarious. Um, visitation, if anybody uh, knows, that's when you like can't have um males or the opposite sex in your in your quarters because we were in an all female dorm so mm-hmm. um it's cool we worked around it it's fine
1: uh <laughs> um, <laughs> many worked around it <laughs> um
0: yeah girl hold on who are your who are your roommates
1: um my roommates were Keishara west oh my gosh Keishara. she was a genius mm-hmm Keish, and then Monique. i forgot monique's last name She's from Georgia.
0: Oh, Monique. Yeah. She Forgotten lives me. in New York. Okay, oh. but she's about she was in a school of B. Mm-hmm. She sure was like an engineering or architecture or some shit. She was
1: cool. She was, yeah. I had some pretty cool roommates.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing though, Perry. I remember you being super dope. I I like like loved your energy and vibe. But Thank on you. top of that. You started off as a Spanish major, homie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: so, sure is. so sure like, is. shout out Hispanic Heritage Month. Boom! Shout out, uh, uh, fucking mental Her- uh, health awareness month. All that good stuff. But straight up, yeah, like, I remember you being like, I remember being like, "What's your major, bro?" <laughs> you being like Spanish. and I was like, <laughs> "That's amazing," because I like and just like loving that because like I fucked with Spanish, but I was like, I, "Why?" You know, and you were like, I could teach Spanish in mad places. Or, I mean, what was your, what was your favorite the- okay.
1: Yeah. So, my senior year of high school, I was dating this guy and I was at his parents' house and his dad was asking me, like, oh, what are you going to, majoring in school and i was like i have no idea and he was like you should be a translator because then you can uh, fly all over the world and um yeah basically just do that and i was like oh my gosh that's great and i was like Ooh, what countries do i want to go to and i thought the coolest ones were people who spoke spanish so that was the logic <laughs> first
0: of <laughs> all let me let you know that's not bad logic kids sometimes you. What you gotta do is think smarter and not harder, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. But but there was a moment where you had, like, a fucking turning point, bro.
1: Like, let's talk about that. Like, well, it's also because Howard's Spanish program was not very good. So. Basura! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I came home, um, each break, my family would be like, like my like aunties, they would be like, oh, Perry, so how's your Spanish major coming? Say something to us in Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Um, but anyway yeah it wasn't working out and then I got some really great advice I don't remember who it was that told me but they said when you don't know what to do try things that interest you and then go from there so I took I think it was my sophomore year maybe I have no idea but um one semester I made sure that all the classes that I were taking that I was taking were graduation requirements but I actually allowed myself the space to like, have fun with it so i think that semester i took intro to caribbean literature i took a women's studies i took this like how to build it was like how to build a computer class i don't know what it was called and then i took figure painting and like a couple others and so it was in the figure painting class um with i believe um professor al smith um i just no it wasn't it wasn't figure painting it was abstract painting I believe cause my first three paintings I still have them to this day
0: I was about to say girl if I I was
1: I was gonna call you on your shit just for the simple fact that literally Mm
0: -hmm. the first things that you ever showed me are so reminiscent of a personified version of what you have now that it's like wicked it's so wicked to me
1: cause I just remember
0: you like showing them and being like yeah, I think I like, it. I think I like painting. <laughs> I was cool
1: because I literally, like, I remember I was working, I think it was sophomore year. Um, cause I remember staying up, I was like 3am working on a painting and like yeah. never, at that point I had never been so like just enamored and like just tuned in to one thing. Um, and so from there, I remember um, after that school year was over, I came home and I actually know it was during. I remember I called my mom and I was like, hey, this is what this is what I want to do. And I was like, what do you think? And she was so beautifully supportive. She was like, I just want you to do what makes you happy and I know you're going to figure it out. She was like, I don't know a lot about art. I know it's gonna be like tough for you. Um, but also I think my mom, like, especially after my, like the the last five years of me being in Seattle, high school wasn't, high school was cool, it was better than middle school, but it wasn't like the best. And so I think my mom was just so happy that I was happy, she went for it. Um, and so I switched my major to um studio art with a minor in painting and drawing and then I think it was my half of my sophomore year that's when I like timeline's a little gray there but that's when I went for it full-fledged
0: that's fucking dope that's amazing um so like after you made that decision um how are you shaped by, you know, who are your most influential teachers at Howard? And like, how are you shaped by some of those classes?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm not going to lie. I can't remember all of their names. But if I go on Facebook, I can find them. them. <laughs> but uh, the classes that were the most impactful for me was for sure the abstract painting class figure painting um there was like a two-dimensional design class um i took digital design and then mixed media was also really great and so i'd say that like collectively all of those classes were great because all of my teachers were black men mm. black, black male artists that was mm. that was amazing didn't have that in Seattle. And then um, with the ratio of men to women at Howard at that time, it was like nine to one. And so most of my classes were filled with black women. And um, I did there another painting major. There was only two painting majors in 2013. It was myself and then Taylor Hill from Atlanta. And so um, everyone else though, took these like art classes as um taylor like,
0: the the cartoonist i'm sorry yeah mm-hmm, yeah oh yep, that's yep. so awesome tay i believe yeah. he's doing the graphic for this year's uh homecoming uh reunion gear so that's cool shout out tay
1: oh, I mean, okay now i want to buy it
0: okay i know i'm
1: sorry <laughs> we can't okay keep going keep going um <laughs> Uh, Yes, so most of my classes were uh, mostly Black women. Um, The figure classes, we did have models, but we also, like, posed, like, for each other, clothed, but, like, we posed for each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also, it just was such a beautiful period of my life because there we spoke so much. Like, it was just... The structure of the class was basically all of our easels were up. Our professor was in the middle. We had an assignment. We were able to listen to the music that we wanted to listen to. But we also were talking and engaging. And then each professor would, one of them specifically, I can't remember his name right now, but he would literally just talk. And so it just, it felt, it was like family. But this mm. also was beautiful to be creating with other people around and then having like critiques and talking about like what influenced what we're going through and there were some incredibly talented um artists in there or just creative people in there who were like um taking this as like a, a supplement class their majors were like in um, medicine or they wanted to be lawyers or they were in this what school of c or whatever a hundred percent i was that kid i took a fine arts
0: car class every semester Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was this close to being a minor in ceramics shout out professor pointer um just because yeah there is a zen in the fine 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 arts building (laughs) (laughs) and it, there's just some there's so many there's so much art that's gone through those walls yeah there's so much genius so much so much that there's no way that you like literally take a class or walk into that space and you don't take a moment and and become inspired like right? do something dope I don't think there's anybody who's ever taken a class that hasn't been like damn I just fucking dope
1: that one time Ronald <laughs> Anderson that is his name Okay. Far. Yep, Professor, Professor Anderson. Anderson. Yep, he was one of my favorites. Um, I literally had to go to the um faculty staff page. Girl, I was just gonna give it to you.
0: I was just gonna be like, uh huh, touche. Oh, I
1: love it. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, that is what I hold near to my heart, and that is like even when I'm creating now, like I have my, I've had my own studio. I'm in like a live work situation now. And, um,
0: Oh yeah. we got to
1: get into that. uh, In terms of creating, I love creating with other people around. I've learned a lot over the years of like who I want to create with and who I don't. But in terms of like in my very foundation, being in that type of space where I was creating with other people. I love doing that now. And I also do enjoy creating by myself as well. So yeah, that's how I like got started. And then I lived in DC for um, two years after graduating. I worked um, in retail and in the um, hospitality industry just to like- Where did you work at? Where did you work at? Where where were you? I worked at Nike in Georgetown. And then I worked okay. at Le Diplomat as a hostess and reservationist. So. Uh,
0: you were at that table. Look at you, fancy. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Five star restaurants have five star tips, so I was like, okay, okay I'm gonna do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did that for about like two and a half years. I started to lose my way. Had like a heartbreak. A big heartbreak and I just like I think I came home around maybe like February or March and I just felt in my bones that I was not going to be back in DC that winter so I packed all my winter shit in my luggage came home and made the decision that I needed to like reground myself and really figure out like what am I doing with my life and how can I really um be an artist the issue that i faced in dc was that between the two jobs in order for me to make ends meet i didn't have one full day off so i think i was working with diplomat saturday morning and then i had saturday afternoon off but then i had to work at nike sunday evening so then i had sunday morning so literally it was like like 2012 what is that 12 hours 24 hours off yeah yeah, yeah um Yes, yeah, so when I came home, um, just took like a breath. My mom was very, I was very appreciative to have the opportunity and the space to do that. I know a lot of people don't. If I had family in D.C., I think I would have been able to do that there and stay. Um, but in moving back home, I interned for a nonprofit organization that was for artists in Washington State. I took a lot of people out to coffee. I volunteered. I had little side jobs, um, and slow. When you say
0: you took a lot of people out to
1: coffee, what does that mean for you? I was trying to figure out how to network, and so um, through the nonprofit organization, because it was an org, it was called Artist Trust, and it's a it is a good resource, um, but it's a organization that supports artists of all disciplines in Washington state with grants Um, resources, workshops, and and funding. And so the board of directors, the actual staff members, the volunteers, the artists that they served, it was a great, like, just networking opportunity for me. And so I would go into different, like, art panels and attend board meetings and really just try to understand the structure of how a nonprofit works. And then Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out, okay, well, who... Who, be- who within this um, organization and this network can I, do I like and do I want to ask questions about how did they get to where they were? And so I came up with a list of like two or three people <clears throat> and then made a pitch slash asked, you know, told them I, you know, how we, the, the connection there, but then asked if I could take them out for coffee for 30 or 45 minutes. And so... Um, I did that, and then that's also, dope.
0: That's real swanky, yo. That's that's a yes. great move
1: right there. Yeah, and I always followed up after it was over with like a thank you email, and also gave them some type of like gift if I could, if it was just like a small bouquet of flowers or I don't know something, but something to help them remember me by. Um, and the people who I took out for coffee. One of them worked for the city of Seattle in the Office of Arts and Culture. Actually two of them did. Um, One was a black woman named Delisha Johnson, who is absolutely incredible. She still is here in Seattle. Um, She actually co-founded her own nonprofit and like cultural space called Wanawari. Um, They have so many amazing, like just definitely look up Wanawari if you ever come to Seattle for those that are listening visit wanawari um and then the other person uh was also in the arts and culture department and the office of arts and culture like that manages that department within the city manages like individual grants for artists as well as workshops programs to help artists get from one stage of their career to the next and so yeah i just started to like climb my way um I wound up getting a job at Artist Trust in the development department. Um, That has its highs and lows. Um, I stayed with that for like a year, was able to get all the resources that I could of like how to write an artist statement, how to like present myself, how to make a pitch to whatever, how to price my work, all that shit. Um, However, that organization that was run by predominantly white people the programs were from a white perspective. And so what I had trouble with was trying to figure out, okay, how do I incorporate these resources and these steps into my network and the people that I know? And so some of it didn't fit. And so then I had to figure out, well, how do I make this work for myself? And then how can I, um, using that same structure of taking people out for coffee, I then started to um, take other BIPOC artists out and or network and become friends with different artists to see, okay, how are you doing what you're doing? Um, and then figure mm. out how do I want to figure out what it is that I want to do. And okay. we're doing that. Were, were
0: they people that you thought were successful or were they just people that you were like, I like your art?
1: Mm, both. Uh-huh. <laughs> one oh, um yeah one of them uh, was a friend of a friend who then was working at a nonprofit like a muralist or a, a nonprofit that like taught murals to y- incarcerated youth incarcerated wow. or um youth who've had issues with the law the organization's yep. called Urban Artworks and so Mari Shibuya, she definitely is one of my like she's a friend but she's also very much my mentor and helped me get into the mural game um she was running yeah a-
0: I, I want to know about that well, yeah well yeah, two things being- right before we jump into the oh, mural go for it um while you're working at these nonprofits and you're mm-hmm. you're talking about you, you're learning artist statements and things of that sort
1: mm-hmm. were you
0: also able to work at your art at this time or was your art taking a backseat still right now
1: Oh. Um, when I was working at Artist Trust, I was. Or corporately
0: in general, like was was that you know you you would made this transition from DC, you know, mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. where you might not have been working out on art, mm-hmm. you know, because you didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. When you made this transition,
1: mm-hmm.
0: did you find the time yet, or were you still combination water a little bit
1: combination? So when I was working at Artist Trust um that was a part-time over position but like i'd say from 2015 to 2019 i was trying to figure out what rhythm like w- looking at my wa- my lifestyle and the way that i like to create right and the and in- my environment what is going to be the best scenario for me like obviously a 40-hour work week was not something that I wanted of like a job that was not my like primarily my art whatever this like um how to like I put it under the umbrella of surviving capitalism right so whatever additional income outside of my art is what balance between surviving capitalism and having to do that and making my art Mm -hmm. do I want so over those four years I worked like part-time over like 32 hours at a, at a place and then I tried part-time and then I tried um, uh, seasonal work and all that other stuff in between but I was creating and then there were times where I also was not and I do feel like an, an additional factor is like environment like I was living at home in my mom's house I didn't have um, a studio space. So then, my first studio I rented. It was maybe like an eight by. Eight. It really felt like a closet, but that was like my first dedicated space for creating. And so then, I then like moved from that studio to a bigger one, and then to a bigger one. So I was creating absolutely, and also. Um, I've just learned over the years that like my creativity and my flow does ebb and flow and I also need to be less judgmental around like my productivity
0: oh for sure yeah for sure but man it 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 takes a while to learn that man it does I don't know if it's like all of your 20s but (laughs) but you just like wait and you're like grace what does that mean exactly
1: right yeah
0: you gotta give it to yourself. Um, so okay, but hear that now. Uh, love the smaller works, but baby girl with the murals, <laughs> yeah. How did we get there? What's going on?
1: Yeah. So, um, um, I think I was. I left a nonprofit. I worked at a private club. And like accounting I hated that um and then I <laughs> was like I don't really know oh I left that for a like three month like temp job at this um printing shop this printing company local printing company and I did that for maybe like six months but I you know it was temporary so then I just went through a period of not having work and that was so tough um I then worked at a um A temp agency hired me and I was a um, office manager for a startup company and I was only supposed to work there for two weeks and then they hired me and so that, that company was absolutely amazing and they actually sold to Apple okay and this was 2019 and so uh I did not want to work for Apple. I knew that very clearly. I knew the work culture would not be something that I wanted. And so um, they gave me a, a beautiful, large lump sum um, mm. when I, uh, I don't know if I want to say I resigned, but whatever, when they sold. So that was actually the startup money that allowed me to enter into January 2020. Um as a full-time artist like that was my nest egg my that like helped me um and at the same time yeah i was also volunteering slash um being contracted to work for urban artworks with a specific program so mari shibuya asked me if i would come in and help mentor um youth that were interested in pursuing a career in the arts and I was like, well, I don't really know that much about murals, but I want to. And she was like, no problem. I'll teach you. And she was like, but I want you to bring like, she was like, you know how to write artist statements, you know, the business side of this from your experience, like with Artist Trust, can you come in and teach that to like these youth? So um, I was able to learn a skill and share a skill. And mm. in, in I think February... I don't know, it was the first couple months when the pandemic hit, but we were hired to install a mural um, on someone's fence in the backside of their house. And so I did that mural with Mari Shibuya and Pua H. Pua was our mentee. I think she was maybe like 17 at the time. Um, and that was her first mural, my first mural. And it just was a really beautiful experience. And so From there, like, I would just say that most times as a creative, when you're, like, jumping from one medium to the next. Right. Most times it's just that, like, you just got to do it once and take pictures of it. And then it's all about pitching and selling yourself. And so because I was able to get that one project when the Black Lives Matter process happened, and Ooh. um, let me tell you, I was proud, okay. That's <laughs> my friend, that's my friend. Well, oh, I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet, okay. Um, okay, that but was that's been, my friend. That that was July. um, I'm still that's in still like, March, but okay, uh, okay, <laughs> because of all the protests that were happening and the fact that um, everyone because of COVID was home from work, people there was a lot of rallying, uh, people were marching through the streets, a lot of destruction of property, and so so many businesses in Seattle. Put plywood, um, uh, plywood up on their windows to prevent people from like shattering the windows. Oh, for sure. So then that led to a lot of opportunities for local artists who may or may not have been into murals to have their like first chance. And so, I was hired by AT and to do a mural at their downtown location um those photos are on my web my portfolio of all my projects are on my website under the murals tab
0: um yeah we're gonna get we're gonna have everybody tap in with you for sure you need all the info
1: yeah so from the AT&T one um I remember uh someone who I went to high school with her name's Takiyah Ward she made a post on social media um at the at the time there was like maybe a four block radius where protesters were going all the time and they actually decided to create it as like an occupied protest so if you google the seattle chop protest it's where all these people came on capitol hill decided to squat and not let any traffic through. Not any police, any cars, ambulances, nothing. It became a, a true occupied protest. There were um like people who were in the like medical medical world came and like just were on site giving like um I mean whatever type of health care you needed. There was mental health, there were people who were um planting uh, vegetable gardens, people were giving free food. There were conversations around like race and oppression and all this stuff. And in the middle of it, um, there's a street called Pine. And I don't actually know who came up with the, I think it was actually Takiya and uh, another artist, Joey Nix, saw it happening, saw a Black Lives Matter mural happening in another city on the East Coast or the South. And decided that we wanted to do, they wanted to do one here. So I saw Takia's post on Instagram of like, hey, if you're wanting to do a mural, hit me up. I did immediately. And then yeah. from there, we created an IG group chat. And Sakia and Joey were telling us like, hey, we're painting out the letters um we'll be like ready and locked and loaded tomorrow y'all are the first however many that like responded and I want you on this project um you know who wants what letter that was a frenzy I was like okay well shit there were so many notifications coming I was like okay no one's saying C so I'll do C so wow. I painted the C in the Black Lives Matter mural and from there we formed our own artist collective Vivid Matter Collective and it's a collective of about twelve to sixteen um, artists here in Seattle. A couple of us have moved across, but of um, we're all at different stages of our career. We have different styles, different ages, different perspectives. But we all answered the call, and each one of us painted a letter. Um, that mural was—we um, got all of the paint from. Um, community people came and like donated their paints they fed us while we were out there wow Um, and it eventually became a um permanent landmark that the city of seattle now manages and so each year we go out and like retouch it and i think this upcoming year might be our last so we'll see what happens after um this year
0: that's so epic. That's so epic. I mean, that's the essence of truth and service, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, that is how, like, that is just mm, black energy. Like, yeah. the black energy through and through. So, um, you got to this point where, you know, you had done a lot of, I guess, formal work, but still within art. And then you are now able to make a living off of your actual art. Is that what you do full-time now? Are you, like, full-time selling, painting, muralizing? Is that what it is?
1: Um, no. So, you know that nest egg that I said? Yeah. (laughs) That that nest egg went away. Um, She she crashed. (laughs) It was very helpful. It was wonderful. And this, like, slowly... I mean, I was able to, like, make it work for, like, almost two years. But, um... Uh... In short, um, I recognized that I was not able to, like, as I, it was a combination of things of, like, me recognizing that, like, I'm making really dope shit, and I need to increase my price point, and then also of, like, I would go to a lot of vendor events and, like, sell prints and stuff like that, and then some people would... I had like some customers that would buy originals. I had, I had people who were buying originals like from from college, but it wasn't necessi- like college all the way up until 2020. But it I wasn't selling at the rate to where I could be a full-time artist exclusively. So I was trying to figure out, okay, like if I do vending opportunities and pop-ups, is that something that works for me? So then I was um, creating like small handcrafted things or like I would paint on pots, like, um, acrylic paint on terracotta pots and seal them. And then I really got into like plants. So then I collaborated with like local plant, um, um plant businesses and, um, just like more or less, I realized like I need a little bit more that's coming in cause I'm not at the point that I want to be and I don't have the structure in place. So I started contracting, um, with nonprofit organizations to either teach art to youth, but I also don't, that's with an asterisk. Like I don't like doing that all the time. I've found that like, I only like to do it for small periods of time, like maybe like a summer program of like a week or I'm in a seven week program right now, but it's only once a week. But, um or another form of income that I currently have right now is where I work part-time, super part-time at a nonprofit organization. And so I'll do remote administrative work um, for nonprofits of like, one for example, there's a black nonprofit called Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas, CD Forum for short. And it's an organization that supports um, pretty much like creatives of all disciplines, but specifically in the historic central area of Seattle, and um, and beyond. But that's like the focus. And so they had slash have a performing arts cohort of dancers. And they needed support with like admin and invoicing and creating the structure um, remotely for like the last like year and a half. So I've been doing that. And now my role is shifting into something else, possibly production manager. We'll see. Um, but I do that. I also do similar work for another nonprofit that's like under 15 hours um, a month. And then um I also just recently in the last two weeks, I started this business development program. So I'm meeting with two coaches, two black coaches. One of them um, specifically helps with marketing, PR and communications. And then the other one deals, um, manages like finance and structure. And so with the two of them, I'm in a two month program to help them like figure out how to refine my business so that I can elevate and have a plan for where it is that I wanna go. And also so that I can get out of, not get out of, but I can more intentionally choose when I want to do contract work versus feeling as if like, I need to bring in more contract work to supplement the art that I'm doing
0: okay wow i love this i feel like um this is adulting and mm-hmm. you, you're doing the fuck out of it thank you <laughs> um but also adulting as an artist like i feel like when people um think of oh i'm gonna be a painter i'm gonna be an artist or like it gets this horrible rap where it's like i'm starving and it doesn't always have to be that i feel like yeah. you talked about Um, The benefit and the necessity of being able to have multiple skills Mm -hmm. and multiple streams of income um, in order to give you freedom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, it's weird. And I keep hearing this saying, there are no free lunches. And I think the older I get, the truer that gets. um, Though it seems like it, you know, like it seems like that's just free pizza, but like there's no free pizza, you know? It's going to add up somewhere, okay? Yeah. It's going to get the lactose. I don't know. Um, but, um, okay, damn, Perry, so you have talked about, like, a lot of fucking great organizations. There are two things that are on my mind, yeah. which are, um, who, well, there are three, technically, but two, the first thing is, um, who are some of, did you? would you say that you have um, artist faves or artist influencers? Like, People that have influenced you or that you have, like, co- like changed your life, you know, when you saw... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, would, what would you say? Or inspire your work, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess connecting the last bit of what I was saying with your question now, in terms of the type of art that I'm creating, I've also learned along the way that... Um, I, because I don't have gallery representation, right? Um, I do like to create studio work. I do like to paint on canvas, but also like I've recently learned to accept that, like that actually stresses me out. If that is the bread and butter, if that's like a hundred percent of what I like, how I'm making my money of like selling those. And so I found a lot of freedom in as a muralist, it's more like for me, more complex. It's a puzzle. It's exciting. I'm actually creating something for a space with a client in mind. I get to paint with my whole body. Like it's so much more fulfilling. And so um, I'd say that like I'm more 80% murals, 20% studio. And so in terms of which artists I most admire? It's artists who definitely have a hand in both, but like, um, personally, like I love and Thomas. She okay. is absolutely incredible, and she creates these large-scale paintings that almost feel as if the like as if it is a wall, and it's mixed media. And so she, it's just her incredible, definitely. Check her out, and then um, in terms of like my own personal process, like music is one hundred percent key in order for me to create. And so the folks who I admire most are actually not visual artists, but are musicians. And so, okay, who are we like, listening to? What we listening to? Um, we I listen to uh, Free Nationals. I listen to K. Tramine, Sango. Okay. I listen to Cleo Soul, Erica Badu, Lion Babe. Um, I also love, like, I love genres. Like, I love house music. Um, I love instrumentals. I love um, Masego. Like, honestly, the way that I find and curate my music anywhere that I am in life, If I hear something, if it's in a movie, if I'm in an elevator, at a party, at a club, hookah lounge, whatever, I open up my, um, what's that app that you use when you want to hear a song and then you click it? and Shazam. Oh my God, Shazam. It's hella obvious. Uh, No, no, no. I just used it today. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll open up my Shazam and like kind of cover the like, massive blue screen but then I'll import that into my likes playlist and so I have everything from like a dramatic the dramatic score of some like sad ass movie all the way to like house music to trap so I um I love music I feel like that's what I lean to to like figure out like okay well what am I trying to channel right now in this moment what's the joy, like, what's giving me joy right now? What colors do I want to, like, use today? And then I'm really just experimenting and seeing, seeing what feels good. Like, sometimes I have an intention, not an intention, but sometimes I'll have, like, maybe something in mind. Maybe it's, like, a something I saw on Instagram. Maybe it's, like, a sensual pose of a woman, or maybe I took, like, a bomb-ass selfie, and I want to abstract myself in, like, a, in a portrait or something um but most times i'm really just kind of like freestyling and seeing what feels good and then stopping when the spirit tells me to stop
0: okay spirit come on let amuse you yep um so here's the thing here's the thing fun fact okay it's not a fact i don't know why i said here's the thing <laughs> but no fun fact for real i played uno with masego at a party one time um, Whoa! So random, so random. He is a sweet person, and it was his his Uno card deck, uh, and now I have a Uno card deck in my purse because it is great. It's a great, yeah. <laughs> it's a great icebreaker when you don't want to like shake your ass. You know, mm-hmm. I love people like that. He's great.
1: I met him after a concert, and I was so. That was probably like my first moment of Starstruck where I was like, <laughs> it was I was like, I was like, oh my God, I paint your music. I love you. Oh, music. My you're God. so amazing. And he was so sweet and like gave me a hug and like Amy, he he's a sweetheart. And then I just was like, oh, this moment's over, fuck, I gotta walk away. But he was so wonderful.
0: Yeah, and, um, I love having those moments. You know, you don't always have... Me too. You know, uh, as Howard Girls, slight flux, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we had tend to encounter, we have encountered, thanks to the wonderful, illustrious university, mm-hmm. a lot of um, celebrities and mm-hmm. uh, outsider celebrities, just people who've done dope shit, like scientists and lawyers and all types of amazing things. And they... Sometimes I think you get used to it. You think, I think it spoils us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't end up doing something great in life, <laughs> I am not know how to say it, but like you don't like, if you don't end up like really like working to a certain level or just trying to do your best in life, there are these moments that end up being fleeting, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when you're, I feel like mo- trying to move at your optimum level, like you have these blessed interactions with people who do other amazing things and you're just like shit wow that's great to meet you yeah didn't know this was gonna happen but i guess i guess i'm doing my thing and you're doing your thing that's cool i agree (laughs) um so yeah that's cool um uh so this leads this is perfect this leads me into my next question which is is there a person um, that you would want to work with and/or have commission your art, you know, like would I mm. if you would you feel like, oh shit, my nigga, I did this thing, amen, thank you Jesus. Drake has a mural in his, you know, bedroom. I don't know, you know, like who is your person that you feel like, oh, Mama I made it, mm. you know, Condoleezza Rice that's such a good her. question
1: because like like I mean if I could do a mural they they passed but if I could have done a mural for Prince oh my god uh, because yeah. I think the what I'm what hmm, where I'm struggling to answer this question is that I'm also having to like name that like I have to acknowledge that there's, like, a part of me that wants to strategically choose someone who I know would then, like, leverage, I, where I could leverage the opportunity by, like, who it is that, like, they're around. And as wonderful as that is as a business owner, I feel like that also is a little bit in conflict with, like, but who do I really just want to make dope Yeah, just us? in your heart.
0: Fuck business. Just, like, yeah, I used but- to want to suck Common's dick, you know? I don't want to do that anymore, mm-hmm. but I used to really want to, you know?
1: So, I think... But for me, I think that, like, that would be Prince in part. Yeah. Because, like, of just, like, Prince's vibe and music. And also, I know that Prince has also, like... So many women, so many women in my family and all the, like, aunties and, like, I think his moms absolutely adore me, but I'm obviously not with their sons anymore. Like, mothers-in-law that (laughs) wish that I could be. Like, I just think that, like, doing a mural for, like, in Prince's home or for him, like, would have been dope. I'd say that, like, a current of someone who's living... Um, Prince is a good one though
0: I literally just watched a Prince Instagram video thingy where a fan he asked a fan on stage and she like went too hard and he ran away from her and I was like Prince
1: you're the best oh. it was, <laughs> he was like oh uh, you're too much bye. right yeah I feel that yeah I feel like that would be that would be really dope
0: but okay so who's living who who alive girl Solange <gasps> That is a good one. Oh my Absolutely. God. That is a really good one. I manifest that for you.
1: Thank that you. That is going yeah. into my manifestations. Thank, thank you. Yeah, because I feel like um, because music is so integral to my process, I would love to create a mural inside of like someone's creative space and like home. Yeah. Um, and I love Solange. I loved, um, like, her, I've loved her since her first album, but that's... Okay, not
0: tell it. me, let's go.
1: Yes, right? I I was right there. Um, And um, I love how she's expanding and really doing... Like, I think she just did... Um, I don't want to call it the score, but I think she just did something for, like, the opera in New mm-hmm. York. Um, can't remember what it is. Google it for who's ever mm-hmm. listening, but... Um, she's just like breaking barriers and doing her thing. and I love that she's not limiting herself to just one medium or just one one creative discipline. Um, yeah, she's definitely definitely inspirational. I mean, I am a Beyonce stand for sure. I love Beyonce and also in terms of like on more of an artistic level, I absolutely adore Solange
0: yeah I think the kids know I mean I mm. think the kids
1: know I think yeah. the kids know uh, it's fine <laughs> well now the kids know Solange's blues auntie I mean mm. Mm. Blue Ivy's wrapped the hearts of millions on this tour with her little I mean the amount before. of growth
0: okay I just tear okay um,
1: <laughs> but we let's back out of that
0: living. level of greatness <laughs> um, Harry <laughs> Barry, <laughs> anyway, this is kind of, I I love that I didn't know what was happening for these years and you just kind of like gave me the best blur, but also I feel like you like helped so many artists and people who want to do this legitimately, um, but more importantly, I think that people need to know where to find you if they're trying to find your art. If they're trying to maybe, what if they're like a fucking? Are you seem like you're tra- you're a helpful motherfucker? Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm doing all this cursing. You seem like your are too right now. I don't know, but it's okay, my nigga. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, please tell people where they can find you, mm-hmm. and um, if you do offer advice, you know what I'm saying. If they're an artist and mm-hmm. and you feel like. Answering a question. Where can they reach you at man?
1: Absolutely. So I'm on. Primarily on Instagram. My IG handle is. The Curly Nugget. Um, My website is. My first name last name dot com. Perry Roden. P-E-R-R-I-R-H-O-D-E-N dot com. It's also linked through my IG. Um, On my website. I have all my different projects. I mean. Check back in like three months and you'll see it looks completely different because of the business uh, development program I'm in. But on there, I have a contact page. Please use the contact page. It goes to my email. That is the best way to get into the queue of things that I need to actually look at. Um, DMs. You can can DM me, but I'm probably going to ask you to send me an email for us to set up the time um to chat but I'm open for sure to um answering any questions or if there's any resources that you're um interested in. If I don't know it myself, I'm happy to direct you to someone that I know. Um and always like I'm always looking for um if you live in another city and you know of a mural opportunity or want to collaborate or shoot the shape like absolutely hit me up.
0: Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, uh, I guess before I go, is there, is there before we, you know, wrap this up? I kind of want to know if there's anything you want to tell the people. Is there anything that you feel like you want to share with an artist or just the audience out there or a black girl? You know,
1: I would say that, um, my biggest advice that I'm, I have learned and is like coming up for me right now is that. As an artist, it can be really overwhelming to have so many choices ahead of you. You know, like if you were to choose, you know, the route of being a doctor, for the most part, there's sort of like a a trail of breadcrumbs that you can follow to do that. And um, as an artist or creative or entrepreneur, it can feel really overwhelming trying to figure out like what to do. And um, I just would encourage you to like, really think about what actually brings you joy like what do you actually enjoy doing and how can you create a business structure doing that rather than feeling as if it's expected of you to do xyz or that you should be doing this um I felt a lot of pressure to create studio work and to go the gallery route and I love murals and I create gallery I create you know artwork for people and stuff like that for sure I love doing that I love creating spaces for people's homes um, on a canvas or on a wall but I've freed myself from the inner judgment of feeling as if I had to do what I've seen other people do so I would definitely just encourage um, any and everyone who's listening to follow whatever it is that brings you joy and then to figure out how to like make that work and wherever you are in life like our responsibilities are gonna ebb and flow but just make sure you always come back to yourself so
0: yeah that's my last little tidbit oh i love that okay so (laughs) um like i'm so sorry that i'm not gonna see you (laughs) at homecoming this weekend um I uh, i hope you have a great what are you looking forward to for homecoming
1: I honestly wish I could stay in D.C. longer because with coming from the West Coast to the East Coast, I basically have like three days. Mm, that. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing friends. I'm looking forward to being in D.C. I'm ready for the cold. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I, I want to go. I can't wait to go to like some carryout that has, you know, like an acrylic oh up that has mambo size I
0: believe some... Ho Chi's still there. Ho chi's still there, and I wanted, got a upgrade.
1: I actually, I mean, I'm happy to go to Ho Chi, but I want to go to like some shit off of like I don't know, like like cap northeast capital or something. Oh, shit, okay, right? heard you heard you right, like
0: ooh and so I'm trying um, to get some Manny and Olga's real talk let's do it ooh, I'm sure. about Manny and Olgas. <laughs> oh um, my gosh so many things uh yeah
1: I'm just I'm excited to just be back in DC to feel the energy to see people I've missed and then hopefully that um I can do a longer trip next time I next time I, I wander back over there
0: yeah there's nothing like it man um, well, this gave me great joy. This is uh, the homecoming episode for this month. And I thank you for being my guest one time for the one time, Perry. H U. You know. <laughs> All right, man. Peace. Bye, Rach. Boom! All right, we're back. It's the portion known as Neighborhood Watch where I watch some shit. I tell you what I think about it and contingent about how, how, how you feel about what I just said, what I said, when I said about it. You could watch it or you could not watch it. It's up to you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a part of the neighborhood. If I think that motherfucker looks suspicious, he's suspicious. Okay? That's what it is. Okay, so boom. Number one, the mill all right, <laughs> Lil Rail. okay, so Lil Rail. I like Lil Rel, mm, holla at me, mm, he looking fit, anyways, I'm, I'm not gonna do this whole day. <laughs> but anyways, Lil Rail, the comedian, he is starring in this movie, and it's basically like, I don't know if I'd say like an allegory, but basically it's like, Hey, what happens when you've been working for a job for like 10 years, right? And at first you were so grateful for the job, you're working super, super hard. But after like 10 years, like sometimes you'd be slacking and sometimes you'd be stealing supplies and shit and taking them home. But what if that job was watching you and you over here thinking the job should give you more money and more benefits, but you actually ain't even really doing what you need to do where do you go and so the mill is where you go and basically it's like some stuck in purgatory meets like uh meets like um what's that thing where they were squid games squid games energy okay so check that out that's on hulu um i think a lot of these are on hulu Oh, except this right here. Okay, House of Villains is hella cute. You know I love reality TV. Um, It's this new reality TV show with all our favorite villains from Mad Shows. So, like, The Bachelor, um, like, Road Rules, The Challenge, like, Johnny Bananas, bro. They got Tiffany from, you know, Flavor Love, I Love New York. They got Omarosa from Life. Um, They got... um, uh fucking tanisha you know like from the bad girls club so everybody's in the house they're all trying to like see who's the best worst villain i don't know what it is about but but so far it's cute um it's dangerous it's um it's a lot of things It's a lot of things it's cute um watch it it's on e e and i don't know what e plays off too so uh, you could also probably find it on youtube not gonna hold you okay number three ready to move okay very cute from the same makers of ready to love aka when will Packer does reality television um he still wears the hat but i'm sure somebody else is really producing it um <laughs> uh, yeah so basically there are these people who were on ready to love these ladies they're four ladies from the show ready to love with tommy where basically it's like a mix and match single for black singles i don't know sometimes it's ratchet sometimes it's cute but basically they all thought they had love but all their relationships did not work out for one reason or another um, mainly because that nigga was trifling. And so now they're in New Orleans in this show. And they they have an official matchmaker. And if they find love here, they're supposed to move to New Orleans. Weird concept, but I like watching people date. It's cute. Um, number four, The Boogeyman. That's on Hulu. Oh, Ready to Love is on OWN. The Boogeyman is on Hulu. And this is about... Um, a, a little girl I don't know the mom dies and then all of a sudden the little girl can see a boogeyman and it's the same boogeyman that this other nigga used to see cause he, he committed suicide and killed his family I'm gonna say it was kinda good but again don't really know who the boogeyman is why he killing people or making people wanna kill people it's not really clear for me um so yeah number four uh number five is the appendage now let me tell you this this was good because as somebody who deals with anxiety um yeah sometimes it could feel like (laughs) like some nagging weird pain thing in you um and so basically it's about this girl who's like in fashion school or whatever and she does something she's not supposed to something like that And all of a sudden, she got a little baby arm growing out the side of her. All of a sudden, the baby arm turned into a whole little human uh, or blob thing. And then it tries to take over her body. I don't know. And it's about vanishing twins, too. So a lot of layers there. Definitely a good watch. Watch it. Okay. Um, number six, I went to see this in theaters because bet it was black. The exorcist. Yes. True believers or something. I think it's called or Believer. Um, okay. I'm going to say that special effects makeup, please get yourself. Okay. Um, rough. You looked rough, especially on the little black girl. I don't know what y'all are doing over there, <sighs> but okay. Also, I guess, There has to be an issue with, like, giving us our natural hair in horror movies, but I would love to see it happen, maybe. Maybe there's, like, too much history with America not seeing our hair done, so maybe at least give us braids, but, um, I'm sick and tired of seeing these, like, weird weaves. They're very stressful for me, these weird perm. We don't even perm anymore. This generation doesn't even perm like that, so please, like, cut it out. Um yeah number seven um on the exorcist yeah that was in theaters go see it y'all um but outside of that yeah there were some good jump scares in there in the exorcist i was i was talking in the movie because there weren't a lot of people so y'all shady y'all should go see it and um yeah it was good good killings it was some good killings in there i'm trying to go back in my mind and remember okay cool number seven <laughs> number seven is slother house yeah you heard me sloth er house okay so this is like a sorority movie right and then the in the sorority house they get a fucking pet sloth and then the pet sloth starts killing bitches uh that's all i have to say that's it that's all it's on hulu go watch it um okay also on hulu um, Hulu, when you gonna get me some money, run the check. Cause I'd be watching the shit out of your shit and Netflix was slacking for uh, October. I'm not going to hold you. Okay. So number eight Chronicle. Okay. Yo, I didn't even know this movie existed. Feels like low budget, but made it work. Very creative things that we could recreate. If you're, you know, you're into photography or even, you know, videography, like it was very unique and you, And editing, like you know, if you hip, you hip, you know what I'm saying? If you're not hip, you'll still be fucking entertained, bro. Um, it has Michael B. Jordan there, random bro comedy for him, like bro, action figure, sci fi. It was cool. Um, so watch that, came out years ago. Um, And then number nine, uh, this is on Amazon prime. Sometimes I like to take it back. So this is like a nineties, like scary movie has my girl, Rachel true, um, love Rachel true. Just like one of the premier, um, hotties, um, token, token black hotties in, in white movies, but also, um, premier awkward black girls. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this was giving the craft meets Heather's. Um, Basically, this rich group of girls thinks this one girl is super poor and whack and she needs to stay in school. So she actually lets them think that and then manipulates them so that she gets the money from the rich girl's daddy. But then the rich girl might have killed her. So watch it. That was number nine. Okay, now 10, also on Amazon Prime, A Town Full of Ghosts. Okay, so this is one of those like Ready Player One type things where... Um we're kind of just watching these people make a fake documentary, but basically they buy this town. they think it's cute, but it's full of ghosts. Um, and everybody end up killing each other and it's cute. I like it. Um, get into it. Um, you know, there's a little group of friends action in it, you know, I like that. Um, honorable mentions. Okay, remember that one time I said the boys is coming out with a new season. Actually it wasn't the boys. It was a spin-off called Gen V. Check it out, Amazon Prime is great. There's six episodes right now. It's basically like there's a university that the superheroes go to before they become superheroes, and what happens at college is trifling. So watch it. Um, honorable mention also, Halle Berry, because I watched Perfect Stranger and it made me think. You know what, Halle, you played every character you were supposed to the way you were supposed to play it. Okay. And, it, it, and it's that season to watch gothica so i'm a fucking watch gothica too all right and i am sick and tired of the fact that you fell in love with them white men and they want alimony from you i'm sorry hallie i'm sorry uh, that other half of you that be fucking up and then um i wanted to mention also love and blind love love is blind is trash i don't even think they can do another season i don't believe in you i don't think anybody i don't even know how you sign up think thinking something's gonna happen it's not gonna happen no more everybody whack And then, uh, also, I miss Wendy Williams, y'all. I know that's random to say, but I wouldn't be on a mic. You know, I probably would, but I mean, respectfully, you know? My ears, they heard her every time she said her shit, okay? And uh it's really sad sometimes the way life fades people away, you know, in this industry, tosses your ass out. Um, but uh less of that, more of me. Uh thank you so much for tuning in to Neighborhood Watch. Uh we'll be right back. Thanks. Bye. What up, what up? <laughs> We finally made it to the last portion of the show. Um, yes, it has been episode 16. We had the lovely Perry Roden um, just explain a little more about her journey. And I hope you guys got some insight on how, how to like even just network with other artists and find people to collaborate with and grow with. Um, and also sometimes when you want to make money off of your art, bro, you got to level up. You got to find a business class. You got to find some people to help you out. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So start there. Um, blah, 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 Rachel. That's not what this portion's about. Okay, Rachel, stop even using the hard E L. Okay, Rach, you're right. Okay. Maybe that was too much. Okay. I'm gonna stop. Uh, (laughs) This portion is called Babe's Mouth. Guys, you know it. You know it. Okay. So this is when I talk about um, something that has probably come out of a child's mouth um, that I've seen in social media or in real life. And um, I just kind of like bring it up and discuss how it relates to us as grown ass adult peoples. And and, and today, mine's a little... uh, it's a toughie. Okay. I'm not going to hold you. So mine is, uh, really with the children of, uh, Palestine. I don't know if you guys have seen, there's like a couple of clips. There's a clip of these boys in 2015, like just talking about different things that they dream of at the time. And like, one of them's like, I dream of sugar. I gr- I dream of like my brother, seeing my brother again. I dream of like things going back to the old times. I dream of my grandmother, um, eating bread for the first time. And then I think about where we are now. And then I also see videos of the children, um, being pulled out of rubble, um, dust covering their face, um, them being splattered like fucking tomatoes, um, uh, being used as shields. And, um, you know, like I don't have a solution. I'm not like the United Nations. Um, I just know that it shouldn't be this hard to do the right thing. It shouldn't be this hard to share space. It shouldn't be this hard to not bomb people (laughs) or shoot them. It shouldn't be this hard. Um, it shouldn't, um, but it is, um, it shouldn't be this hard to do a lot of things. Um, and so I just want to say my send my prayers to the children all over the world, but especially in that space right now that are probably um, experiencing the type of pain that is really hard to gain solace from and healing from. And um, I pray that we are able to, um, stop this like ongoing need to, uh, fulfill revenge or seek profit or whatever the fuck it is, or like prove religion. It's, it's weird. It's all weird. Um, and so I guess like in your day to day, I am hope that you can see that, um, so many things aren't worth the fight. There's so many people that are just literally like trying to, um, feed themselves for the day, make it through the day, drink clean water, um, make it to their loved one, stay dry, you know? Um, so think about those things, uh, think about how like you might want something super expensive or new from Amazon or something and somebody else just like, you know, Wants to take a shower or wants to eat a cup of soup and can't, um, and just like humble yourself. Um, apparently America, the United States is now a third world country. That's what I hear. Um, <laughs> so, you know, everything comes full circle. You know, the world is round. Let's, uh, be nicer to each other because we're all hungry apparently. Um <laughs> we have no healthcare. Special thanks to Perry again. Thank you so much, sis. Uh special shout out to the family and friends of uh Shime. Um I know this is a tough time for you all, and uh my prayers and my heart uh is with you. Um and then guys, I just wish you all safe, 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 safe celebrating uh, this Halloween season. You don't have to get fucked up. You don't have to go to that weird haunted house or down that alley. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And uh, let's not uh, sexually assault anybody. Halloween is always like this weird uh, time where people feel like it's okay to do that. Stop it, don't do it. Keep your hands to yourself in your parts, okay? Uh, (laughs) have a good time get some candy and you know trick or treat all right it's the rich bye